right, hello and welcome to another episode of Talking with Bungie. I am here and so is Genevieve. Hey guys. <laughs> My daughter, we are getting ready to drive around a little bit, so you're going to be listening to some car noise. Hopefully that will not be a problem. Hopefully you won't be hearing any uh, accidents or anything like that, but we should be pretty safe. We're on our way to check some trail cameras. So while we're on the road here, I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about our crossbow hunting plans and all different things that are going on. But I had with us a YouTube comment that I printed out, a very lengthy YouTube comment. Genevieve's initial reaction was uh, that, did, did he type all this in? Because it's a very lengthy pro uh, comment. And Genevieve is now fascinated by the golf cart that just went by on a U.S. highway. Describe what you just saw. It's got three wheels. <laughs> like, it's got a windshield, but it's got an open cab. It's got, like, some metal crate in the back. <laughs> and it's booking. Yeah. He's going, like, 50 miles an hour right up the highway. And it's a three-wheeled cart. It looks like a refrigerator <laughs> on wheels. He's actually pulling into the dandy. Maybe we could get a picture of it. It's got a license plate on it. Man, it leans around that corner pretty good. Yeah, that's not for me. That's not for me. We are going to pull in there. And we have to get gas anyway. We actually should stop here and get gas. But while getting gas, I will snap a little picture of that vehicle. We will put it in the show notes so you have it. If you are curious about the little vehicle that we just saw, you can stop in the show notes and get a picture of it. Right now, I'm going to pause this little podcast for a gasoline stop. And then when we are done with gasoline, we will shall resume our conversation. How about that, kiddo? Yep. All right, podcast take two. We're back on, back on the record, so to speak, with our podcast. We got gas, and the interceptor has already left the area. I guess that's what it was called, the interceptor. Yeah. 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 It said interceptor on the bumper. So we'll put a little picture of that in the show notes. You'll see what, what's going on here. The reason that we're doing this podcast actually we went back and got this little recorder so we could record this conversation i was just going to get genevieve's thoughts on the email because i want to involve her more in crossbow stuff here that we talk about and i always think it's a good opportunity to discuss things with her and that's really what this this comment is to me is a great series of points to discuss we can make a lengthy podcast out of it in fact i think if we really dissect this and talk about all of it we probably have more than one podcast episode in it. It's probably something that's going to be a little lengthy. So we'll see how it goes. We'll just have some fun, talk about it, and see what we got. Now, the comment, I think, was offered in response to the Raven crossbow episode that I did when I did an episode recently on Let's Look at Raven Crossbows. And the commenter is a longtime friend of Bungie, a very appreciated friend of Bungie who has offered nothing but support through his comments and through targets that he has sent us and other gifts and support on the YouTube channel and off the YouTube channel. And he is very much appreciated. And I want to be very clear that regardless of how this podcast goes, that remains true. This commentary is just an awful lot of really good stuff to discuss. I don't agree with all of it. We'll talk about that. Maybe Genevieve does or does not agree with all of it. We'll find out. But we're just, it's just room for discussion. It's just room for discussion, and that's what makes this fun. So keep that in mind as we go forward. Uh, but Genevieve will start by reading. I'm not going to be doing the reading. I'm going to be doing the driving, at least at this stage of the podcast. Fire away with that comment, Genevieve. All righty. 
It's a long one. We'll start. We're going to do point by point. I think how many points are there? Like nine points or something? Uh, nine. Okay. Yeah. And Genevieve, by the way, I've read this. I read over it. I don't remember all of it. I just remember printing it out so that I could have something to talk about. Genevieve has not read the entire thing. She actually read number one. And then we started talking about it. And then we decided to go back and get the recorder and record this podcast to see how it goes. So sorry I interrupted you. But now we got the stage set fired up with number one. Number one. Raven is, in my opinion, far from precision equipment. They, like everybody else it seems, require using their arrows because, wait for it, they don't make anything if you buy or build arrows away from them. That is point number one. Okay, a common theme that we hear in crossbow talk is that the purpose of requiring a crossbow user to use components from that manufacturer is just so the manufacturer can continue to make money off of you. Your thoughts, Genevieve, we talked about this one already a little bit, but share us with us what your thoughts were that you offered earlier. The way I see it is that you're buying a crossbow from somebody and like with the Raven with these really high speeds that you get, I think you gotta be really picky about the arrows that you use. So when this manufacturer is giving you their specific arrows, it's because they know that that is exactly the arrows that that crossbow is good with. I agree. They've done some testing on that, probably more than I have, probably more than anybody else out there has. I would hope they've built the thing. They probably have more experience shooting it, you would think. So they have their tests done, and they know what arrow they want for that crossbow. They know what arrow that crossbow wants, right? Yeah. Are you thinking, when you talk about arrows, what are some of the factors about an arrow that would suggest one arrow is better than another i noticed the knock on the raven arrows it's like more of a compound type knock right like what you would see on a compound bow yeah. a snap on knock right it's got yeah. the fingers that stick out there and it grips the string do you know why they do that i'm guessing it's because of how fast that string is moving forward that is well when you're moving real fast you're going to want a pretty good grip on here i bet part of the reason though i think is because they don't have a rail they don't have a the arrow is not resting and being held under an arrow retention spring against a flight groove against a rail they have a railless design with those little uh, rollers see so that crossbow arrow as it's leaving the crossbow there's times when it's not suspended when it's just suspended by the string the only thing holding it straight is the string i got and, you yeah so it's like a their crossbow design kind of like a compound bow where it doesn't have a rail or anything like that, you know? So it's a little bit different design. The more I've looked at these new crossbows, crossbows like Killer Air, Killer Instinct, they have a tube that you're shooting out of, not really a rail. And our traditional Excalibur style crossbows have they got rails. The rails. Yeah, yeah, they got the rails for sure. And that flight groove down the middle of it where one of your veins, basically your cock vein goes down in that little groove. And that's what, but that keeps it going straight down range and that's what keeps it going level down range a little bit helps your windage and your elevation because it's flat against that rail tight yep. against that rail with those other ones that have a different design you have to use those different knocks okay other components too you got like your veins and fletchings right that kind of thing they know what they want for those arrow length i don't think any manufacturer wants you using a different arrow length you do so at your own risk just like you do with any other modification to your crossbow or the components so there i think raven doesn't want to hear from you if you are 
shooting something that's different from what they designed for use in their crossbows. Because if it breaks down or you get injured, that's on you. That's not on Raymond. And I think that's the reason they do that. Plus, the performance is going to be better. They don't want to hear about it later on. Look, you sold me a crossbow that's supposed to shoot 430 feet per second, and now I get this crossbow that only shoots 400. Well, if that's because you're using a different arrow, that's on you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go on to number two. What do we got here? Okay. You have not read number two. This will be brand no. new to yeah. you. All right. So number two, a three-inch group at 100 yards is pee poor for a rifle off the shelf, and certainly nothing matches that grade. It's just a sad claim. Oh, I think he says match grade. Certainly nothing match grade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, match grade is referring to it's nothing that is match grade. In other words, when they say match grade, that's a term. That's terminology for nothing that is a, a worthy of competition shooting in a match. Oh, that's the okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just a sad claim considering Matthews could could do over three hundred percent better than that. Okay, let's stop right there before we move on. Matthews, the sub one, for example, claims one hundred yard sub one groups in other words under one inch at 100 yards the raven i think is talking three inch groups at 100 yards 300 percent better is still 300 percent. i like the way that's worded 300 percent better because it makes it sound like it's so much better it's two inches better right <laughs> it's, it's it's two inches at 100 yards yeah. it's not even two inches at 20 yards it's two inches at 100 yards a distance i might not to me <laughs> as a yeah I, I i don't even have a range our yard we measured it this morning goes out to what 80 yards 80 yards 79.2 yards at the furthest where i'm going to be leaning a target right so 80 yard shots is the most i can do in my backyard that's back all the way up against the house standing on our little crossbow shooting balcony all the way down across that yard, across the right away at the bottom of our hill. And it's still land we own, but I could put a target in on our property at 80 yards. I don't know that I'll ever shoot 100 yards, ever, but I can tell you as a crossbow hunter, I'm not interested in crossbow competition shooting. That's not my bag. I don't think that's Genevieve's bag. If it is, great. If that's your bag, great. But for me, there ain't much difference between 3-inch and 1-inch at 100 yards. That's not. There's not much difference. It's still a dead deer, but I'm not going to shoot a deer at that distance anyway. So to me, it makes no difference. I still think the, both these crossbows are can have, have a claim to being accurate. Okay, they they that term is justifiably used with either one of those crossbows if they're shooting that. The other thing about Raven, I'd point out, is that they were I think before Mission was doing this. Mission came out in the 2000 teens with the Sub One, and like 2015, I'm just off the top of my head. Raven really came out a little bit earlier with this idea of shooting 100 in, or three inch groups at 100 yards. Nobody was talking about 100 yard shots with crossbows before Raven. Other manufacturers, let's talk about other manufacturers and what's their group at 100 yards? If they're shooting six inch groups at 100 yards, does that mean that they are 600% crappier than Mission? Is that what we're doing? And are we just assuming then that mission is the standard for accuracy? I'm, I joked about that in a video I did that the mission actually trademarked a term that included the word accurate or accuracy. So that's kind of interesting. But either way, I don't think that that fact alone should be decisive for anybody in picking a crossbow. Accuracy is important. There's no question about that. In fact, accuracy is number one with crossbows i agree genevieve you're picking stuff up you read my book it sounds like you actually read the book before it came out yeah but yeah that's a fact accuracy is number one it's our number one consideration but 
when we talk about accuracy, all of them should be accurate. Yeah. Your crossbow shouldn't be in the woods with you if it's not accurate, mm-hmm. right? So once that's accomplished, now we got to look at other things: fit and feel, comfort, dependability, reliability. That's what we got to start looking at, right? Whether it's the right camo color, yeah, or whether it's black, or what color you prefer. <laughs> other important factors. All right, go ahead with that. Where you picked off? Pick up where you left off. That was number two. Did we do all of number two? Yeah. Okay. So number three is uh, oh, Raven built their business as Rage built theirs. They spent a ton of cash in advertising and not much on the tech side. They lured in a bunch of rifle guys and newbies with glossy ads and hype. They are light years behind everyone in building bows that don't blow up, decapitate their owner's digits, and slash or costs two times what any other bow would cost, which does the same, only better. The only difference between Rage and Raven is that Rage, over a decade, actually ended up building a good product, and Raven is still sitting right where it started. All flash and no meat. Uh, that one I disagree with, really. Um, a couple things that I want to point out. When I talk about Raven, Raven is a groundbreaking crossbow company. Before they were acquired by the same company that owns Centerpoint, they were the first ones to be talking about 100-yard shots, like I said. And they were the first ones, really, in my experience, that I heard other people coming to me, and, man, have you seen this crossbow that shoots 100 yards? Like, that that concept was new. That's groundbreaking. That puts them on the cutting edge of the technology, regardless of the quality of it and whether it stands up to the test of time. We went and looked at some Ravens. Yeah. When? Tell them about that. Oh, yesterday, actually. Yeah. We went up and tell them about what we looked at. I think we looked at the R20, 26, 29, and 10. I don't know. I don't know. The R500 wasn't there. But we looked at we looked at three different models specifically, and I can never tell them apart. But One of the shorter ones, it seemed almost awkwardly small, I thought. Okay. Yeah, like it's so small, you could probably fit in a backpack if you needed to. But, and I mean, it felt nice to hold, but it just seemed kind of cramped for me. Okay. I thought, yeah. Now, what about the longer one? The longer one, it almost felt too long because it's got the real narrow limbs like all the Ravens do. It just seemed, it looked kind of weird to me. Okay. Honestly. Now, did either of them feel chintzy in your hands? Not at all. Uh, Especially the smaller one, it felt really solid and... It just felt really well made, I thought. Here is something that I will tell you also that I was surprised, but I actually like the shorter Ravens better. I did too. I was uh, I was amazed at how I could look through that scope and I had the eye relief, everything I needed. The scope was right where it needed to be. The size of that thing... Remember how I had commented in the videos that I did on Raven and other crossbow manufacturers as well, how I didn't like having my hands together like that. It turns out that really, I feel like an idiot now saying that, but I felt pretty comfortable. And I didn't shoot them today. I've shot them in the past. Um, But these were, they were pretty comfortable for me. Yeah. And for me being a big guy, I didn't have a problem. I felt like it was sitting right on my chest. It wasn't sitting the way Bungie does out in front of me. 
But I like the shorter one a lot better than the long one. The long one to me felt too long. Now, maybe it's because those limbs are narrow and it just feels awkward because it's so long and it feels like more like a rifle, maybe. I don't know. But it was, I, I actually felt pretty comfortable with the smaller design. I would look at that. The other thing, too, uh, price wise, these are $2,000 crossbows, $1,500 to $2,500, I think was the range on the ones we looked at. That is the price of a modern crossbow on the high end of the market. But the shop owner, we talked to him, right? Yeah. And he was very, I asked him about the maintenance and all that. He said it's very similar to the compound bows. He's a compound bow hunter. And I've talked to him. I've known this guy for a long time. And uh, they used, he said, what, every two, three years, change strings out, cables yeah. out on those. And they've only had two, two return to that shop. Now, that's one shop. I get that. That's not going to be completely representative of the market for those crossbows and of all the users out there. But when we talk about limbs breaking, they had zero limbs breaking on those. They had one guy who left his raven cocked for, what did he say, three months? Four months, four I Four months. Okay, so the guy had the crossbow cocked for four months and forgot about it, which you made an observation about how that would be easy to do. Why is that? Yeah, I think that it's so narrow that when the limbs bend back, there's not much difference from when it's uncocked. So yeah. I almost think I would forget that it's cocked still. Because it looks the same. Yeah. I, it's not I like can bungee. see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. Bungee has limb travel like nobody's ever seen, 36 inches long. You cock it, now it's 30 inches long, but it's got six inches of limb travel on each side. These only move about two inches. Yeah. So to me, if we talk about whether it's precision equipment or not, I think that qualifies as precision equipment when you have a crossbow that is generating speeds over 400 feet per second with only two inches of limb travel. That's pretty nuts. I mean, that's pretty high end to me. Efficient. It's efficient. Yeah. Right. There's a lot going on here with those cams and cables and all that. The other thing we noticed about it is the string on those crossbows is... Uh, like nine inches nine long. Nine inches long. And, it, it's, and it's mostly serving. Yeah. It's mostly serving. They're pretty durable crossbow strings uh, because they're wrapped. You've got the regular string, but then you've got it wrapped by that serving. And he said that even the servings, they don't replace those. It's every two years. So that's their experience with those. And he said a lot, there was one other incident. There were two instances where there were. What was the other one? Uh... I think he to, dropped it. Oh, the guy, he shot it and hit a tree. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He shot it out of his tree stand. How anybody can shoot a crossbow and that is that narrow and hit a tree next to them? And I'm really just kidding because I understand it can happen. Yeah. But I have, over the years, exactly zero times had Bungie's 36-inch long limbs hit the side of a blind or hit a tree. Zero times. It has never happened to me. I made my share of mistakes, but that's not one of them. And it amazes me that somebody could, but if you step into this crossbow, and this is the first crossbow you're using, you're not aware of that, I understand it can happen. So not being too hard on anybody, but those were the two instances where they actually had to call Raven and get replaced parts. And they are a Raven dealer. They have been dealing in Ravens for five years, at least in my experience, I've been up there. That's I shot Ravens here five years ago. So that's, that's that company, and that's what that shop provides. What else we got there? Uh, number four, then? Yeah. Personal opinion here, not facts as previously stated. 500 feet per second isn't advancing archery. If it is, then that would mean 2,000 is advancing archery. 
Archery isn't about speed at some level. The arrow isn't going to stabilize and you will end up with three inch groups and larger. It's just not going to happen and it has not. The most accurate bow out there isn't the fastest and it never has been. The same goes for rifles. Projectiles don't get more stable as speeds increase. Well, yes and no. I understand that speed induces errors, right? The faster we go, the more we have room for error. The fact that you can get a three inch group at 100 yards at over 400 feet per second tells me that's pretty good equipment. I do, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. So that makes it precision equipment. You can't take old bungee and get it to shoot 400 feet per second without having all kinds of problems. It's not gonna hold together under any circumstances is old slow bungee going to shoot three inch groups at 100 yards it's not going to happen so yeah i think it's moving archery forward when a 2010 crossbow can't do what a 2020 crossbow can do that's the definition of progress all of a sudden we're able to do things we couldn't do before right that's progress we put a guy on the moon before that we couldn't do it we put men in the air flying a plane before that we couldn't do it that's progress that's technological advancement. Now, is 2,000 feet per second advancing archery? Oh, yeah. If I had a crossbow that shot 2,000 feet per second, I'd be all over that. I'd be very interested in that technology. It's not going to happen anytime soon. But don't tell me that almost everybody who's into archery wouldn't be interested in a 2,000 feet per second crossbow, because we would. Even the guy writing this comment would be interested in that. And you know why? And this is where I want him to pause a little bit. Think about this. He'd be interested in this. He knows I'm right because the first thing he would do with that 2,000 feet per second crossbow is put a heavy arrow in that that was so heavy it would draw the speed of that crossbow down to around 1,000 feet per second. But that thing would go through a house. And he'd be like, holy cow, look what I can do. I can shoot through a house. And we would all say, that never occurred to me. Why would you want to shoot through a house? Yeah, but I can shoot through a house. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but in all actuality, there's, yeah, that moves archery forward. Let me reverse that. We've got a crossbow that shoots 500 feet per second. I argue that that advances archery, that moves archery forward. He says that, that doesn't, speed doesn't move archery forward. Well, okay. Does a slower crossbow move archery forward? How about if we made a crossbow that only shot 100 feet per second? Is that better? Would anybody on the planet buy that? I wouldn't. Would that company <laughs> not get laughed out of business? Come on. When we talk, there's plenty of room for advancements in technology in areas other than speed. I totally get that. But when you are a company that can do all the stuff that the other companies do and do it at 500 feet per second, you're better than the other companies. When you've got a crossbow with a, an electronic cranking system where I don't have to bend over and expose my eyeballs to a string or a hook that can break and injure my face, that's an advancement. I can stand back, push a button and cock that crossbow, lean it out in front of me safely and watch it happen. And it does it smoothly, conveniently and safely. And it does it accurately because it's gonna shoot down range three inch groups at a hundred yards. Now, is three inch groups at hundred yards good for a rifle? Tell you what, I don't know and I don't care. 
I grew up hunting with a Model 94 Winchester 3030, and that thing wouldn't hit a three-inch group at 20 yards. That thing was so inaccurate. At 80 yards, I killed my first buck, something like that. And I got to tell you, it was a miracle. I was aiming at the chest. I was aiming at the shoulder. That buck was moving. I hit him in the butt, knocked him down, got another bullet or two in him as I was running across the field, just lever action, cocking that rifle, running toward him, putting lead in that animal. That was hunting in the 1980s. And that's the rifle that I grew up with. It's the only rifle I've ever shot a deer with. And that rifle has killed more deer than any other rifle on the planet. It is not that specific. Yeah, yeah. That model of rifle is the most popular deer killing machine on the planet. And that thing is terribly inaccurate with a slow, heavy bullet. I bought a 270 Winchester, shoots a lot faster. And that thing's way more accurate. I don't have any of these rifles anymore except for the 30-30, but so speed can be accurate. It can also increase problems, but if you've got the right gear and you're using the right components and you're listening to the manufacturer's instructions and you're buying a crossbow from a reputable manufacturer and having access to a local shop that can help you get the most out of that crossbow, man, that's win-win. That's an awful lot for me to say in one. I'm sorry if I, that was a... No, it's fine. That's what I wanted to get out there how was that was it pretty good that was good yeah <laughs> you kept going i was like oh wow okay oh he's not done yet i'm not ready for the next one okay read the next one okay <laughs> point number six at last if you are dealing with any company that can't provide what they sell beware covid in my opinion has no bearing on it good companies solid companies do everything in-house and have solid suppliers just another sign that raven is an advertising company that has connections that not and not the other way around kind of like robin hood kind of like robin hood yeah kind of like robin hood is that the current events robin hood and little john running through the forest is that what we're talking about i don't think so all right back up and okay they're an advertising company what were we talking about before that uh so you guys listen to this podcast. Don't deal with what Genevieve and I have to deal with on the road here. I am, there's oil and gas trucks ahead of me, oil and gas trucks behind me. That's all we have around here is oil and gas trucks. No matter where we go, oil and gas trucks. Right there, look at that. There's a whole bunch of oil and gas trucks right parked right outside of the road. And we're going to stop at the Dunkin' Donuts. Don't tell your mother. We're going to stop at the Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm going to get an apple fritter with my iced coffee. And I already had iced coffee this morning, as you can probably tell from the tone of this podcast. I'm trying to hold it together. And again... This is all opinion stuff, right? This is not, I think everything in the world is opinion. That's my opinion. But I do think that, uh, oh, there's a chicken barbecue going on here. So now we get to park in the Dunkin' Donuts and smell oh, chicken barbecue. there's not a lot of room here today. Man, this place is packed. So number six, read that one over. We're going to have to start that one over. The first sentence summarizes it pretty good. Let's hear it. If you're dealing with any company that can't provide what they sell, beware. Oh, the, we're talking about inventory. Yes. We talked to our friend up at the local archery shop about that yesterday. One thing that came up is, I'm like, well, when you get this 500 in here, April or May, they're going to have the 500 from Raven available where I can go shoot it. And he's like, yep, so they're going to give me a holler, and I'm going to go up there and shoot that crossbow and hopefully try some of their other ones too. And that's about the timing for me to make a decision before May when we start hunting turkeys, right? So we're going to have to start looking at those crossbows in person in April and May. So they should have the 500E. I probably am not getting a 500E, but man, I want to shoot that thing. 
we talked to him about because they have three crossbows in stock but right now there is such a shortage of ammunition and firearm parts that the manufacturers all of the suppliers for these archery shops because they carry ammunition and firearms too I, I refer to it as an archery shop but they're actually a it's an agway i mean they're primarily selling stuff for farmers and stuff that's primarily what it is but they have a big sporting goods department they have a firearm licensed as a dealer they sell uh, all the rifles and stuff i actually sold a lot of my rifles up there so because i'm just crossbow only anymore and genevieve has no interest in the old rifles so what i did is uh, I've, I've dealt with these guys an awful long time their archery setup is pretty good for the area they have uh, a lot of bows if you're into that stuff but they also have raven crossbows and they might be a dealer for something else although right now in stock for crossbows the only thing they had was raven that i looked at so they had a handful of models but their suppliers will provide you with rifle stuff okay you can get the rifle stuff from them but they are primarily focusing on the rifle stuff right now. So when the suppliers offer them stuff to fill up their shelves with, they're offering them rifle products, not archery products, because the rifle products are in such high demand and short supply. So that's what they're focusing on, and that's what they give you. That's why their archery stock is a little bit low. In fact, he was talking about he has compound arrows that he cannot fill orders for because he can't even get like the knocks. He can get the yeah. arrows and he can get the inserts, but he can't get the knocks that are required for some guy's setup, for example. And their suppliers are just short on that stuff right now. So it's across the board. It isn't just Raven that's experiencing this. It's the archery industry because the archer, archery industry struggles a little bit with their supply because the the suppliers are focusing on rifle related stuff right now firearm related supplies so that's how he explained it also the problem that they have with their supply is the shows like the ata show where they would go and they would they there's a, a system that these dealers like them use to get products from the ata show when they're new and exciting products the more booths they visit when they go to those shows the more points they get and then they use those points to cash in for priority for products i guess there's something like that going on right good for them because they're doing the shows virtually now you have to participate and ask questions in order to get those credits is what he explained to me and the question he was asking of every manufacturer is okay do you guys make any targets that will withstand a 500 feet per second arrow that was the topic of discussion at that show from his perspective and that's great i think that's pretty interesting because that's something that's interesting to me but they really don't have the trade shows set up because of covid to allow for that supply i don't think it's really a criticism of raven and i still stand by my belief that and based on his conversation this conversation i had with him hasn't changed my mind in any way the product for the problem for supply has been largely due to COVID, and this makes sense to me there was a time period last year when they were shut down they couldn't make their arrows they couldn't make their crossbows and all their goods and whatnot so they would shut down and they would just sell instead the stockpiles that they had well now they can start making stuff again maybe with new safety precautions in place but 
the problem is is that you know you've already sold up your back stock so now you're you're playing catch up to fill up your store but at the same time fill up all these orders and it's pretty common across all the different crossbows that we've looked at when i look at these other crossbows they've got little disclaimers on their website saying hey we can't uh we can't ship anything right away some of them can some of them can't and this is common across the industry when i look at excaliburs on the websites and on a facebook thing you're seeing people complain that they can't get any excaliburs here or excaliburs there i look at wyvern creations i look at uh Borkhold or archery and there are shortages there there's you know those are guys that have uh, access to stuff on a large scale and they don't have access to certain crossbows to arrows and all that good stuff it does tell me going forward that whichever one it makes more sense to me for genevieve and i to be shooting the same crossbow think about this right we have a stockpile mm-hmm. of broadheads what are those broadheads rage tripan what what grain 150 grain 150 grain they are the steel model solid steel not solid but, but a big old steel broadhead but it does make sense for me to both to be shooting the same broadhead that genevieve has that way i don't have to buy two different broadheads have them on hand right if you put all your eggs in one basket it's a lot easier to fill up that basket and it's a lot easier to always have an egg in that basket when you're looking for an egg that's kind of the way i'm thinking and now we're going to be mixing manufacturers potentially if i go with excalibur we're both shooting excaliburs if i go with a micro series excalibur we're both shooting 16 and a half inch arrows so we can swap arrows go back and forth that way that's pretty cool on the other hand if i go with a different manufacturer i got to take into account the fact that now i've got bungee arrows on hand i've got bungee junior arrows on hand and i've got whatever new manufacturer we go with on hand and those are not going to be the same thing so it's a thing it's just something to consider does that pretty much cover all that good stuff yeah i think oh but there's one more in here let's, sure. let's finish this last one up here uh we were up here on number six. Oh, so okay so we're only halfway through we can do that on the way home yeah home. all right we're gonna get out of the car now we're gonna do a separate podcast we're gonna do a part two okay. this morning for the rest of our trip on the way back we will do points seven through nine that's pretty lengthy yeah there's some good stuff in there so we'll be doing that we're going to do the rest of that stuff this is going to be a big long podcast all right all right well we'll stop this one and we will say until next time all hail bungee junior (laughs) and all hail bungee how about that that's pretty good (laughs)